Welcome to the Epicenter Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Epicenter Church, visit epicenterchurch.com.au. I just want to say good day from my family and my now daughter. And uh, so make sure you come and and see her and say hello if that's what you would like to do. Uh, Worship was amazing this morning. Well done to the team. Uh, You guys, you know... If you're ever like, ah, oh, you know, frustrated with church or whatever, go somewhere else, then come back and you'll be happy with church, all right? It's just how it works, all right? You'll be like, oh my goodness, I missed that, I missed that, you know, it's so good. So uh, I just want to pray that the sermon would be as impactful as the worship, so that's what we're going to do right now. God, we love you, we thank you for your provision in everything that we have, God, everything that you give to us, God. And I pray, Lord, that today would be another thing that you give to us, God, another, another building block in knowing you better, God. Uh, and I pray, Lord, that we would pursue you, God, for who you are. God, not just because of the power that you have or the majesty or the grace or anything like that, but because of who you are, God. And I pray, Lord, that as we, as we deal with these issues, God, we're really dealing with who are you. And, uh, and I just pray, Lord, that as we deal with them, we would have another facet of you revealed to us. Amen. All right. I was, uh, I was doing some quick calculations. I think this is close to my 600th service here. Yeah, I think, which is a lot. I would have hoped I was further along with that much. No. <laughs> All right, all right. So we are dealing with, in this series, the points of tension in Christianity, the points of tension in the church, the points of tension in the culture that make it hard for people to be one of us. We're dealing with the, the, the things that make it so that people feel like they can't get on board. All right, so that's the purpose of this series. And, um, you know, people will say, I can't believe in a God who... Uh, does that, or I can't believe in a God who allows that, or, or something like that. And uh, I'm charged with the task of dealing with one of those statements. And our statement for de- today is, I can't believe in a God whose followers and leaders are mostly hypocrites. Right? Sounds like a good question. I don't think it goes far enough. We're going to up the ante and we're going to say, I cannot believe in a God who's fo- who all of his followers and leaders are hypocrites. All of them. Every single one. Even Mother Teresa. Especially, oh, a vendetta over here. Oh. Now, there's a group of us listening that maybe this isn't, this doesn't concern you. You'd be like, oh, I don't care. Uh, and there's going to be another group of you who, this is a question. This is a concern. And, uh, and there's going to be some of us here or listening or whatever that this is the concern. This is the concern. And so I would, I would like to ask for you to make a commitment, Right? And that commitment would be, if I deal with this faithfully today, and this is the issue for you, then you will jump on board. Then you will make a commitment. If I resolve this faithfully, you will say, all right, God, I'm in. All right, whether that's you here today or 
watching on Facebook or anything like that, if you're, if you're saying to me that this is my issue and I resolve it, then it should be resolved, yeah? Now, there are two responses that come about when I say something like that. There's the, I really hope he does. That would be nice. You know, that would be good. And then there's the, yeah, but. Huh? And the yeah, but is probably more common. The yeah, but response comes about for a few reasons. The first reason is, yeah, but I have more questions. And that's fair. Christianity is kind of a big subject, all right? If you've got, you got a few more things to unpack, that's okay. But if this one's resolved, then let's say it's resolved, all right? The second reason uh, is that we've made an inaccurate diagnosis of this being the issue for us. Sometimes we'll go in and somebody will answer a question or whatever, and we realize all along we were asking a different question. That, oh, I thought that would address the concern that I had, but I realize that my concern is something different. That's fair. Now, the third reason is that this is actually an emotional issue dressed up as an intellectual issue. All right? And you can tell when something like this is an emotional issue dressed up as an intellectual issue because you get to a point where you start, you, you've answered a few of these. You know, if you're the person dealing with somebody or you are the person, you will have received or given out quite a number of answers. And what happens is you realize that nothing actually shifts, right? And it's at that point that if you are the question, uh, if you're the answer provider, you need to realize that this is no longer a theological issue. This is an emotional issue. And so you need to take off your apologist hat and put on your pastoral hat. You know, what, what is the reservation in your heart? What is the thing that is causing you to refrain and rebel against God? And if you are the question asker, you need to be honest. You need to be honest that if this is an actual pursuit of your life, if this is a goal that you would like to attain, you need to not put up false flags, red herrings. If you want genuine prog progress in this, don't use intellectual barriers as an excuse or as a uh, mask for what's actually going on in your heart. Now, <clears throat> I'm not going to deal with that emotional, with, and when I say emotional, I'm not being disparaging. I'm saying your emotions are the engine of your car, right? Your emotions give you the oomph to go, right? And your brain is the steering wheel. Without your emotions, you're not going anywhere. And without the steering wheel, you'll crash into everything. All right? And so make sure that you deal with that. And you'll need to do that through reflection and study and, and going and talking to people who are a little bit further ahead on this stuff than you are. I can't believe in a God whose followers and leaders are all hypocrites. Now, the first thing I'd like to say about that statement is, yep. And we can always, we've always got room for one more. Huh? Yep. And we've always got room for one more. All right? A hypocrite is anybody who has standards. Because none of us can live up to what we believe. 
A hypocrite is somebody who has standards because none of us can live up to what we believe. Not only that, but we actively pursue that which we detest. Everyone who has lived long enough is a hypocrite. Yeah, we see this in, uh, in Romans chapter 7, verse 15. This is written by St. Paul, Paul the Apostle. Uh, he wrote more of the New Testament than anyone else, and he said this, For I do not understand my own actions, for I do, for I do not do what I want, and, the very, and I do the very thing that I hate. Paul, if you've read any of the Bible, you know Paul's kind of important. All right? It goes kind of like Jesus and then Peter and Paul are kind of buddies, all right, in the importance of the church, all right? And Paul's sitting there saying, I'm a hypocrite and I hate it. In, uh, in John's record of Jesus' life, we see this. In John 8, from verse on 1, we, we read this. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple. All the people came to him and sat, and sat down and he taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and placing her in their midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. A common translation is she was cheating on her husband or she was making them cheat on their wives. All right? And so they come out, these Pharisees, these church leaders, these, these church people, right? They bring this woman out and they say, they say to Jesus, they say, the law of Moses commands that we bash her head in with rocks till she dies. Stone her, in other words. You're like, geez, it's a bit excessive. That's what the, the, the thing of the day was. And they say to Jesus, so what do you say we should do? Huh, Jesus, we're supposed to kill this woman. What do you say that we do? They said this to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. They were trying to discredit him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. As they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. If you've got no accusation against you, you can do her in. If the, uh, let he who is without sin be the one to cast the first stone. And once more, he bent down and wrote on the ground. He stopped, he stopped looking. This is kind of a life or death situation for this woman. And Jesus is like, eh, I like drawing like mud maps and different things. I don't know what he was drawing. but and, um, <clears throat> and when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go and from now on, don't sin anymore. Jesus diagnosed the same issue that our statement has. 
he diagnosed that every single person in that crowd was a hypocrite. And he knew that his words would cut to the wick of these people. He didn't even have to look up to know what was going to happen. He knew that these hypocrites, on that, on that standard, if they're actually genuinely worrying about what he says, they aren't going to throw any stones. And so every single one of them leaves one by one, starting with the oldest. See, this is not a church issue. This is not a Christian issue. This is a human issue. You will find hypocrisy at schools. You will find hypocrisy at the scouts. You will find hypocrisy at the football club. You will find it everywhere. Every week, there's an article in the paper. You know, politician X is hypocritical about Y. Right? Because if you probe into people long enough, we're all hypocrites. In Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says this. Paul's writing to the, the, the Christians in Rome and he says this. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all fall short of the standards that we hold in our hearts. Now, I want you to listen and I want you to think about what I'm about to say. Okay? Because maybe you haven't been listening or thinking what I've been saying till now. Okay? But listen and think about what I'm about to say. If everybody is a hypocrite and the truth value of a proposition is revealed to be true or not by the behavior of its adherents, then nothing can be true. I'll say that again. If the truth of something is determined by the virtue of the people that proclaim it, then nothing can be true. Yeah? Because we're talking about a truth proposition here. We're saying, I can't believe in God. And you're saying that I can't believe in God because everybody's a hypocrite. Okay, if everybody's a hypocrite, then no truth claim can be claimed. Henry Ford, you know Henry Ford? You can have any, any Ford you want as long as, in any color, as long as it's black, you know, that guy. He said a few other things that are a lot more true, all right? He said this, you can't learn in school what the world is going to do next year. I know John will like these kind of quotes, huh? He said, whether you think you can or not, you're right. He said, now this is the turn of the last century, all right? So this, put this uh, thing in that context, it makes a lot more sense, but even now it applies. If you need a machine and you don't buy it, you'll realize that you have paid for it and you don't have it. Yeah? So we would say, yes. They are all speaking to some element of truth. Yeah? Now, now we learn that Henry Ford in World War II, sold to both Germany and the Allies. And we think, what a crook. Maybe some other words. Now, does that make anything he just said less true? No, it just makes him scummy. 
<laughs> you know? If he was just selling to one side of the war, at least you'd think, oh, he's trying to end the thing, you know, whilst make a bit of money. You can't begrudge the fella. And, uh, but if you're selling to both sides of war, oh, that's scummy. But that doesn't make what he said any less true. <laughs> An adherence behavior does nothing to say whether something is true or not. An adherence, somebody who believes the thing, their behavior has no bearing on the truth claim of the thing. You could have the most lovely person come up to you and tell you that the earth is flat. That doesn't make it so. You could have the most frustrating person you've ever met come up to you and say that, 